before the service begins, it was an awesome service. Once again, give the Lord a mighty clap of hand. Before the man of God comes, I, I want to encourage us again that we must learn to receive men of God well. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's receive, I mean, this, you know, when you look at the ministry of all the people who came, I just fell in love with them. What I liked about the Friday meeting was that the man preached a message that every church needs to hear. I mean, if a prophet is preaching in that manner, oh, and I saw humility in his preaching. And I, I learned a lot from him. Old time prophet. God started using him very, very early in his life. And uh, I'm saying this so that some of you will not become very proud. Because when you don't humble yourself and God decides to humble you, it can be very, very dangerous. You may not survive. Amen. He, was, he, he has traveled all over the world. The man you see. All over the world. All over. His itinerary is so bad that you can't have him in, in, in home, at home, for more than two days. He doesn't stay in his church more than two days. Every time he's either in Ghana somewhere or outside. That's the type of man. And these people carry so much grace that when you receive them, you know, the, the grace is a spirit. It's a spiritual grace. Is a spirit. When you see blessings, it's a spirit. The blessing of the Lord is a spirit. It's a being. And it and spirits are transferable. Okay, so don't. The, if somebody gives you money, it's not a blessing. It's a manifestation of the. It's a byproduct of what we call blessing. So. When you receive the man of God, you open up your spirit to catch a spirit. Amen. Spirits are caught. Spirits are attracted. Spirits are received. So apart from him engaging your mind through the word of God, engaging your heart through the word of God, you open up your spirit to catch the spirit of prosperity. Amen. And uh, he could minister at a point and a whole town will come into a service. That was how. But I believe that at a point, a divinity, it ate into him and, and God decided to prune him. Now, why am I saying this? Sometimes in church, even in church, in your department, the little service you have to render to God, you either want us to beg you, you either want to be the star, 
You don't want to obey instructions. Look. Have you heard the prophet preach in in humility like on Friday? Don't allow, don't tempt God to humble you. It's very dangerous. It's a privilege that God calls us. I mean, when I think about myself, I'm like, what is it, God, that I do that God called me to pastor a church? It's just a privilege. It's just a privilege. I didn't start alone. I started on campus with some people. Right now, where are they? Some have even not held mic after, after service. So when I wake up at 3, at 2, at 1, and I'm praying and I'm tired, I don't complain. I thank God that at least I feel a burden that wakes me up to pray so that your life will never be the same again. Now, second thing I want to talk about is be ready to sacrifice for the things of God. Most of the things you will be doing in church, nobody will pay you. Nobody will thank you. Sometimes I do. You are, you, you'll be there, I can just come and thank you for that. But if you are waiting for somebody to come and thank you before you do what you must do well, you are not achieving anything for God. You don't have any idea what we go through to come and preach the word to you. It's so funny how church members, Christians, my head is aching me. I'm not feeling okay. A little discomfort is an excuse to, uh, to skip something. You saw his face. That's not how his face is. On the banner, this is how his face is. On Friday, so he called me on the Wednesday. And that was crying. When he talked, I was not hearing well. Because the face has twisted and the speech was not coming. On Friday, he was standing here and God was using him to heal other people. Look, if you dishonor men of God, you put yourself in a bad condition. How many of you, if you have serious malaria, you even come to the church? This is mild stroke or stroke. So I remember I was worried for him. So I called him on Friday. I said, Sofo, can you? He said, Sofo, I must come. I must come. I said, Are you sure? So he was with. One of our pastors, ICGC pastor, they went to see him in his house. Because he preaches for ICGC churches. And he sent me a message that, that I shouldn't let him come. I shouldn't mind him. He will come. In his house then. And I chatted with pastor. He said, it's not there. But he said he can come. He wants to come because he loves your spirit. He just wants to come. 
And I said, okay. So I, I called him and I showed him what he should do so that he would not stress himself. That's why we closed quite early on that Friday. We could have, it was meant to be like up to 11.30. What I'm telling you is for you to know that you can never go far in the kingdom if you are not ready to pay prizes you will not get reward immediately and he drove alone and came on Friday so today I begged him that he shouldn't drive alone he should come with somebody and he was going for an all night we had to I had to beg him in the office that he should go home and rest Now, imagine such a person is going through all this, preaching to you in church, and you are criticizing him, you are sabotaging him. <laughs> you don't have any idea what men of God go through. Currently, I know of a man of God, a very popular man of God. Every week, he goes for dialysis. His kidney is failing. If they don't tell you that he goes for dialysis, you will not know. That is on television. And when he preaches, he's so edifying. Most people listen to him. But he's on dialysis. The best you can do in church, number one, support your pastor. Number two, pray for your pastor. Number three, when you hear criticism, Run away from it. Amen. Amen. You see, the call of God is a divine thing. It's a divine thing. So somebody say, Ah, Baba, sir, if the man of God he has stroke and his face has stained, we call it facial paralysis. And God is using him to prophesy Dito Dito and blessing people. And this man has hmm, before I, I, I don't just bring people. I do very in-depth investigation. He carries a grace eh, that moves ordinary people into stardom. He carries prosperity oil. And Grace and Oil Conference is our Greater West Conference. is to break us into prosperity. He, he can go to, this man can go to places where the anchor and go and discharge mental patients. God has anointed him. I want you to receive him well today. Because I called him yesterday. I was like, no, we we're chatting. I said, Sofu, can you still come this Sunday? He said, oh, Sofu, hmm. you don't know how I've come to love your church. I've come to love you. You are too concerned about people. Okay? If it was another pastor, he would not even care. Hmm. He said, I'm coming. I'm this time I won't drive. I'll come with two people. But I'm very strong. Don't worry. You, 
you don't have any idea what pastors go through. Now listen to what Paul said. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to back what I'm saying with scripture so that you know that I'm preaching the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I taught you that when you see that man of God is entering into the building, when you are standing and you see that he passes by you into the building, stand up. And when he comes and he sits down, then you sit down. It's honor. Learn it. Let it be part of you. Let it be what? Part of you. Now, first, second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Well, let's start from the verse 1. It will help us. I'll read it and then I'll close. It's self-explanatory. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. So that means the way you receive the grace is very important. Hallelujah. For he says, in the time of favor, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Verse 3. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we condemned ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, as servants of God, they condemn, we condemn ourselves in great endurance, in hardship, in troubles. I mean, we, we enter into trouble for your sake. Amen. We, we, oh, I, 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 was, I was still seeing a case where uh, a lady's mother doesn't want the woman to marry the man. And look, I was dealing with the principality. That means I put myself in the place in exchange of the lady. Amen. I, I, you, you see, when God, when God is using a man, it's like, it's a privilege. It's, there's a popular man of God outside who works in the healing anointing. Currently, he's sick. His heart is shrinking. So when he told me, I told him that, has he forgotten where the man got his oil from? The anointing from. The one who transferred the anointing on him also died with a shrink heart. So, it will happen to him. When God anoints you, God anoints you, God, if God anoints you with the oil of it, you may suddenly die out of cardiac arrest. Because every anointing comes with benefits and consequences. So Paul is saying that we put ourselves in your shoes. Now, I remember I, God gave me a word and I canceled an accident for somebody. That done, when I went to sleep, 
I saw that somebody was driving my car and had an accident. But I was outside. So when the prophet was talking about my car, I said, ah, the Lord has revealed it. So because I prophesied and delivered somebody from accident, now they put me there. But you see, the grace of God on our lives will help us out of that situation. But if it was you, it could have been different. So men of God go through a lot of trials, difficulties to get the word to you at a particular time so that you'll be blessed. So the best you can do is to support the work and help them do the work of God. I pity members and Christians who sabotage God's work by frustrating men of God. Because I told my wife that if I was, I won't come and preach. I told him that it is, he is not medical, it's on, on tears here. They go through a lot. One day, two years ago, a man of God was preaching and he died behind the pulpit. Do you, do you know what happened? Now, he does something in the heart of everybody called a pacemaker. It's round and it controls the amount of blood that enters into your heart. And that is pumped. But some people, have you heard what we call hole in heart? Yeah, they don't have that. So they go through surgery and they put an artificial pacemaker there. That thing they put there must be changed periodically. I think every year or every two years, some are every five years, depending on the money you have, they use a better one. Now, this man of God had to leave the country to US for it to be changed. But the guest preacher he invited disappointed him. So he said, oh, okay, let me preach on Sunday and fly out Monday morning. Not knowing the pacemaker was very weak, it couldn't work. So as he was preaching, he died. Bishop, what's his name? Uh-huh. When you look at the life of Paul, Paul was called from comfort into suffering. The opposite of what you wish for. Paul was called. God called Paul from comfort into suffering. Wow. If you want to serve God, there are some scriptures that must be added to the scriptures you know. Hello? Hello? The scripture we will tell a sinner is that God is calling you from suffering into comfort. But immediately you become a minister, a worker for God. Somebody who wants to work for God. Then the scripture will change for you. That God is calling you from your comfort into suffering. So Paul said that if we suffer with him, then we reign with him. He said, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself. You don't say this on a crusade. You say this when you are making disciples. You don't say this when you want to make followers. 
Because when Jesus wanted to make followers and he said that, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are not part Then the people, the congregation broke from 8,000 multitudes to 12 people. They all left and left the disciples. When you are preaching to followers, you can tell them, oh, love your husband, love your husband. Then Jesus will come with a certain scripture in Matthew. That if anyone wants to save me, he has to leave his mother, his father, his wife. When you want to save God, then there is a price you must pay. I mean, when I showed a picture to, I sent a picture to look at the man of God. How he sacrificed. What? I have to host this man. He has a good heart. Mild stroke. Coming to preach. Just for the glory of God. You don't have any idea what men of God go through. To get you what you need. Through the word of God. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage even you know, like Cayman. He was believing God for a lot of things. Because they were going to hold and the church was not in good order at all. Uh, some of you, you don't know the kind of comments the pastors make when they come here. They feel the way you have put the church in shape. You won't clap for yourself. <laughs> See, the place wasn't good at all. So pressure. See, the carpets were torn. The, 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 oh, the, when the flood came, it destroyed their house, their, their church. Carried their instruments. So they were just doing something. So the papa said he wants to pass through the church. And he was sleepless. Air conditions were spoiled. Chairs were broken. So he said, as he was coming for a program, anytime he was preparing, he did not even pray for us. Be praying for him so that God cause the faith of your people to respond to my need. By the time the three days was over, he said, even when he went there on Monday, he was shocked. People had come secretly to change carpet, to put in chairs, and came to ask him, What can we do in the office? He said, Oh, I want you to repair the. the, the he said, No, 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 this one, if we try to repair, it will cost us. So I'm bringing new air condition, 2.5 horsepower. I want to put wallpaper. And what again, pastor? I want to change your decks. I want to change this. I want to bring and the pulpit one to him. And they brought him the honorarium for papa. So it is not, when you see a man of God preaching, it's not like he has gotten enough armor. No. Though, Paul said, though we are poor. We make many rich. So, don't look down on a poor man of God. You may see the man of God in bicycle. You are in four-wheel drive. No. He's still dangerous. He may even walk. But he's still dangerous. Paul said, though we are poor. Jesus was walking on the street. But yet, he could change destinies. We never read that he rode in a chariot. He was born in a manger. Not in a big hospital. Yet, the whole destiny of nations was upon him. I want you, I want you to develop the culture of honoring men of God. I want you to develop the culture 
of defending the offices of men of God. Because if there is no man of God, there is no church. Hello? If there is no pastor, there is no church. And God will keep anointing his men. The Bible said that I will not do anything except I reveal it to my servants, the prophet. And in this context, the prophet is not just somebody who will come and mention your name and all that. It's in the office of his servants. Amen. Let me finish the scripture. Paul was saying that, let me start from the verse 3 again. He put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, and distresses, in beatings, in imprisonment, and reals, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love. In truthful speech and in the power of God. With weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Through glory and dishonor. Bad report and good report. Genuine yet regarded as imposters. Known yet regarded as unknown. So, <laughs> this if I want to break it down, we will keep long. Genuine, but they will tell you you are fake. They are genuine prophets, but because they speak to you, they say they are they are they are fake. They are genuine prophets, but because the way they minister, they say they are fake. But they were there when God called them, and yet when people are saying you are fake, God will still send you to go and preach. Amen. Amen. Bad report and good report. Genuine, yet regarded as imposter, known, but yet regarded as unknown. Some people behave like they, they, they don't even have a pastor. They, they don't even know their pastor. They don't even know that they have a pastor. And you can see that in their behavior, in their speech, in their misconduct. And I tell you, when I was talking to Pastor, I was going to do a program one day, and he started fasting for four days. Of four days without food and water. When he woke up, he was at Ridge Hospital with trip, drip. So I told him that so if you have you have died, you would have left your wife and your son and your church. And the church they will send another pastor to come and pastor. Then he said he didn't know he would faint. <laughs> he said, I said, ah. Then if you had died and gone to heaven, you would tell Jesus that, ah, I didn't know I would die like I'm fast. Get me back to you. Come back. Look, men of God go through a lot of stress and pressure to get you the word they want to hear. Learn to honor them. So yet, we live beaten and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Wow. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you. 
Corinthians and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to tell you to open wide your heart also to the ministration of the sent man of God, to the ministration of your pastor, to the ministration of the Holy Spirit. When you don't open up your spirit, your mind will get what it wants, but your heart will miss it. And you know, when your heart misses something, you can hear the gospel in your mind until your heart believes it's useless. The same way you can hear the word of God in your head. You understand everything. But if your heart, your spirit doesn't catch the spirit of the man of God, what you have heard becomes intellectual. That is why many people know that they must tithe, but they don't tithe. Many people know that they must pray, but they can't pray. But if you catch a revelation of prayer, nobody will remind you to pray. The reason why you struggle to pray is because your heart hasn't caught a revelation. Your, when you catch that revelation, anything you catch revelation about, your conviction will drive you to do it. But when you don't catch it, you don't catch it. You think we are forcing you to fast. We are forcing you to do this. But when you catch it, it'll be different. Somebody asked me, ah, are you, are you doing full time? Or I said, I'm doing ministry. Whether full time or half time, I don't know. Me, all I know is that I'm pastor. Because he says that the way I behave is as if I'm doing full time ministry. I said, yeah, I'm doing church. I'm taking care of God's flock. So if even I'm doing business somewhere, I'm working somewhere, all I know is that every time I must be ready in and out of season to deliver God's word to God's people. Some people are in ministry just to make money and just to run away from going for employment and and doing all that. Some are in ministry because they are proud. They cannot stay. They cannot be in jobs where people will send them. Only God knows their hearts. I can't say this person or this person. But from my experience, I know that some people are just in ministry because they don't want to go and work and go to school and go. It's too stressful for them. So they go to their houses. They are watching television. They are going for fun. They are not waking up to pray. They are not putting themselves. They just. What you are doing for God, are you just doing it? If you are just doing it, no matter how long you do it, you are not going to get any result and any reward from it. Amen. When I'm, what I'm doing, I'm not looking at what you will give me. I'm, I'm looking at something bigger. Something bigger. Something bigger. I know I'm laying up treasures. When you are serving God, know you are laying down treasures. Know you are laying down treasures. You are building a monument of reward for yourself, for your generation. For your unborn children, your born children, any time you sacrifice for the kingdom, you get an imputation. They will, they will compute something. They will credit your account into the kingdom of God. 
I want you to develop that heart. That is all that I want this church to become. That is all I want every believer that comes here. My heart desires that everybody will be a church worker. Either you are usher, you are intercessor, you are something. You should be working for, you should have a heart to serve God. We don't want bench sitters, no. Bench sitters will not go to heaven. Because Jesus said, go ye. The go ye doesn't mean go and do crusade. But I said, be in motion. Be active. Push the kingdom of God. What are you doing to push the kingdom of God? Today I want you to open up your heart. Paul said that we have opened up our hearts. But you, you have withheld it from us. I pray that today you open up your heart to the ministry of the man of God. Your amen is very weak. Your amen is very weak. In the name of Jesus. I want you to ask yourself this question. Why am I in church today? Why am I in church today? You see? Hmm. Can I say it? I sure want to hear it. Are you sure? Now, serving God doesn't mean anything until your heart is involved. Serving God doesn't mean anything until your heart is involved. I prepared a sermon this done for one of my Sundays coming on the call to faithfulness. And I came to a conclusion at the end of the sermon that God did not call us to be intellectual. God did not call us to have many degrees. God did not call us to be beautiful. God didn't call you to be handsome. God didn't call you to wear the best of clothes. There's nowhere is God does not require you to look international. God doesn't require you to look a modern day lady. That those requirements did not pass through the word of God. But the very thing that God requires, we have put it aside. And we are trying to meet the requirement of men and not the requirement of God. And when you look through the scripture, God has only one requirement. A call to faithfulness. One. And if you sit down and you think about it, you realize that you are struggling to respond to that requirement, but all other requirements from the systems of the world, the cosmos systems. Yeah. So I'm not amazed. I'm, I, I'm not, when I see people serving God, I don't quickly admire them. Because I don't know what is in their heart. As you are sitting there, may you be the only person that is serving God from your heart. That is all God wants to see. Your heart. The state of our heart. If you are coming to give me $10,000, what is in your heart that you are coming to give it to me? Come to give me $10,000. What is in your heart? What are you looking for? What is the reason why you are doing what you are doing? That is what you should ask yourself. And when you are able to do these things, eh, there is some strange principle with God. He's able to control people's hearts around you. 
So be, he will control it to the point that nobody can deceive you in any transaction. When your heart is clean, clean, pure, and it's possible. It's possible to do things in the right way. May God trust you. I said, may God trust you. I said, may God trust you. One of the minstrels who came, in the course of the ministry, he just brought me a handbill. Now I should announce it, he's doing some program. I just push it somewhere. So yesterday, I told my friend who introduced him to me that I'm going to correct him. So okay. Go ahead. You are knowing you are ethics pastor. So I called him. Told him that, hey, you ministered very powerfully. Powerful. We love you. We'll bring you again. But what you did was great, greatly unethical. Whatever you want to try so ask him, so did you when, when you were coming to minister, were you coming to minister to show the people that you can sing so that when I announce your program, they will come? So why are you coming to sing this morning on the stage? Is it that you are coming to sing to show us that you can sing? No, 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 no. When I'm coming to preach on Sunday morning, I don't think about who I will offend. It's my back is. I'm coming to preach what God has put in my heart. Whoever God gets offended, gets offended with God, not me. What you are doing, where is your focus? He should never do that again. May our hearts be pure before God. I said, may our hearts be pure before God. When a man ways pleases the Lord, it's amazing what happens. God will bless you without your prayer topic. I'm telling you, go and ask Job. Where in the Bible did you see Job praying before God blessing him? All we saw about Job was that he walked well with God. He honored his covenant. He honored his promises. He raised altars for his life and for his children. children. So when the enemy thought he had wiped everything Job had, the enemy did not know that Job had a backup. Job had a backup. Do you have a backup? Do you have a backup? May you have a backup. I said, may you have a backup. I said, may you have a backup. The ways that the, the happiness of life cannot be predicted. So I asked the prophet, hey, so if you had had the stroke and you, you couldn't get up again, what would you have done? He said, I will be very disappointed in myself. But there was something in me that told me that this is just for a moment. Why? Because he had a backup. May you have a backup. I said, may your life have a backup. You can have a computer. You lose your data on your computer. But because you have a backup, you don't get worried. You can always retrieve back 
what you have lost. Close your eyes and put your right hand on your heart and pray for yourself that God will help you to live a life of integrity. A life that is worthy of emulation. A life that will be a Bible to many who come close to you. A spiritual life. A conscious life of purity, honesty, truthfulness, faithfulness, commitment, holding your word to yourself. Letting your word hold you. That Lord, whatever I'm doing for you, Lord, I'm doing it just for your glory. Pray that God Send your word to me today. Put my word in the heart of your servant. Lord, put my word of blessing in the mouth of your servant. Lord, put my word of breakthrough in the mouth of your servant. Lord, put my word of miracle in the mouth of your servant. Lord, empower your servant to come and minister to me this morning. La kabala ba shata kaya.